sportsgrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. Sportsgrid.com. Oh, yeah. It's that time. Welcome in. Cover it with Teddy Covers here on Sirius XM, Channel 159, The Sports Grid Radio Network. The calendar says March. The madness is upon us. And today we'll be talking NBA basketball. That's right. We can't talk college hoops all the time on every show. It's not going to happen. There's only so many bets you can make. And listen, from day one, Cover It with Teddy Covers has been a pick show. This is a show about the process of handicapping. Trust the process. We did a college basketball show yesterday. Today, we're going to focus on the NBA. I'm going to bring in Brian Edwards at Vegas B. Edwards on Twitter in just a few minutes to join us, talk about late-season NBA handicapping, sides, totals, who we're looking to bet on, who we're looking to bet against down the stretch, the little early playoff thoughts for the NBA. It will be a detailed discussion. And I want to go in to some NBA thoughts right off the bat. We talk a lot about closing line value, about getting the best of the number. In college basketball at this time of year, it makes all the difference. (laughs) You know, conference tournaments, the big dance, the smaller dances, those half points really matter. And when you don't get the best of the number, it can cost you. It can cost you a bunch. (laughs) I mean, uh, just you know, a couple of games from this last week. You know, I, I, on Tuesday night, and this is all notes that I took on Tuesday night. So Tuesday night, Kenesha St. Mary's open pick, closed minus two, and the chalk one by one. Line. <laughs> Line mattered. Where do you got it? You know, the St. Peter's Fairfield total closed 121.5 at the Superbook here in Las Vegas, 122.5 at Circa, and landed a buck 22. All right. Uh, or Northern Kentucky minus one or minus one and a half versus minus two and a half when they win the game by two. There's going to be a lot of games like that in college basketball. There really are where you're going to win or lose by a hook. I lost one by a hook on uh, uh, Friday with uh, Purdue. Well, I got the five and a half. Oops. They win by five, miss a bunch of free throws in the last couple of minutes and lose on a closing uh, layup. It's going to happen, especially in college basketball. But in the NBA... When you talk about these line moves and, oh, getting the best of it, let's see. Again, this is just from one day last week. Could have had the Magic plus 7.5. They closed, what, plus 2, plus 2.5. That's 5.5 points of closing line value. Oh, they lost by 11 of the Bucks. Doesn't matter what number you got them at. They were the wrong side. First opener, Wiz Pistons, Washington minus 7. That closed as high as minus 11. Wiz got a put back at the buzzer. They did win by 2. You had 4 points of closing line value. You bet them early. Did it matter? Didn't matter even a little bit. The 76ers were chalk. They opened minus one, minus one and a half. The T-Wolves closed minus three. If you had Minnesota plus one and a half, that's four and a half points of closing line value. What happened? Sixers blew them out in the second of back-to-backs. The Mavs were as low as minus six and a half for line shoppers. They were widely available at minus eight. They closed as high as minus 11 and a half, and they never sniffed a point spread cover. There's another one. Same night. This is one night in the NBA. <laughs> Lakers open chalk, closed as dogs, one by nine. That's just one day. The best bettors, the real sharps, could have had four or more points of closing line value in four of those five games and, what, three and a half in another and gone 0-5. 
with that extra closing line value. <laughs> All right. Not just one day. I mean, let's take another day. Thursday, a class example in the association. Let's see. Orlando open pick them. They close minus four and a half. You bet the Magic pick them. You got four and a half points of closing line value. Oh, they lost at home to Utah by seven. Uh, what else we got? Indiana took the money against Houston. They went to overtime. Did not cover a double-digit chalk. We saw Golden State take the money at Memphis. Uh, two points of line value with Golden State if you bet them early. Oh, they got blown out. Lost that game by 21. And then, of course, oh, Sacramento still got injury problems. The Knicks are getting healthier. The money shows for New York. Plus four, down to plus two. What happens? Kings win by five. And most of the game they were up far more than that. Yes, it's a small sample size I'm talking about, but it's not. This is just one more example about something I've been talking about for years. Closing line value matters a ton. Money line sports, you better believe it. Hockey, baseball, in totals in baseball, it matters. In the NFL, it matters. <laughs> in college football, it matters. In college hoops, it matters. Closing line value in the NBA is not something, and again, it's unique, <laughs> it's different from other sports, but it's most assuredly, uh, overrated isn't even the word. I could care less about how much closing line value you have in the NBA. I care a lot more about whether you had the right side or the wrong side, and or whether you had <laughs> the right side for the last 30 seconds of the ballgame uh, or not. The closing line value, not the biggest piece of the equation in this sport like it is in so many others you know and look you know i talked about it uh, a couple weeks ago nba post all-star break look we're seeing it right now college hoops sucks all the oxygen out of the room this week next week the week after if you're paying attention to current form you're going to make money if you're betting against tanking teams you're going to make money if you're betting against teams that must improve their playoff positioning you're probably going to lose money the bottom line is Look, I'm rolling the game. It's been a real good run since the All-Star break. Had a little blip right this top, but the last week's been excellent in the NBA, and I encourage you, don't sleep on the association. We'll talk more NBA basketball with Brian Edwards coming up next. Coverage continues after this. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome back. Cover it with Teddy Cover, Sirius XM, Channel 159, the Sports Grid Radio Network. And that little diatribe I did at the open about closing line value. Something I've been talking about in the NBA for years, where every other sport is like, get the best of the number, get the best of the number, get the best of the number. And the NBA is like, even if, <laughs> I don't stress it as much because I know that in general, the markets overreact to every injury in the NBA. The opposing team lets down when the star player doesn't play. And all you want to do in the NBA is at the end of these big line moves, bet the other way. <laughs> and it tends to turn into a profitable or a positive expectation result. I want to hear what Brian Edwards has to think about that. Uh, Brian, welcome to Cover It with Teddy Covers. And at the open, 
I was talking about all these games in the NBA where you could have this kind of closing line value and that kind of closing line. Tuesday night was a classic example where there was five line moves. You could have had four-plus points of closing line value in four of those five games and three-and-a-half points in the other. And if you got the best of the number in all of them, you went 0-5 straight up and 0-5 against. No, not 0-5 straight up. 0-5 against the spread. Uh, A couple of those teams did win outright, but not by the margins they needed to. Closing line value in the NBA, is that something you're worried about after the line moves in one direction? Are you more inclined to bet on the team that's taking money or on the team that the markets are betting against? Well, I'm usually just going into the game if there's a certain, you know, injury or, you know, it seems like Joel Embiid and, and, you know, Kawhi and Paul George are are questionable seemingly every night or, you know, the, for the most part throughout the course of the season. So I'm more worried about just knowing what personnel is going to be on the court than the line move. But the line move is off, often predicated on, you know, finding out within, you know, 30 or 45 minutes of tip uh, who's warming up. Are they going to play or not? Because, you know, the coaches after the, you know, during the media scrums after shoot-around uh, late morning or early afternoon are always telling you, oh, he's game-time decision. He's game-time decision. And when those are, you know, super key players, uh, those games are impossible to bet to me. I mean, maybe maybe you, you'll still be confident in the total going over or under what whatnot, but on the side, you know, I got to know if Joel Embiid's going to play. I got to know if Kawhi or Paul George are going to play. Now, a lot of times I'll just – you know, maybe I'll get my other plays and I'll just throw those games out and not be worried about it. But if it, you know, if there's a situation where I really like Philly in this spot, if Embiid is going to play, well, yeah, then I got to know if he's going to play and hopefully, you know, figure it out before the line moves based on whether he's playing or not. Well, who did Philly play? Uh, I'm trying to think of the game who they played. They played someone and Embiid was out and the line. Uh, the, oh, was it the? I can't think of who it was. I'm sorry. Uh, I think it was like Orlando or something last week. Uh, and Embiid wasn't playing the money poured in against the 76ers, and they played better without him. Or they played just fine without him. I mean, what I think of this year about the injuries that have mattered, all right, Tyrese Halliburton for Indiana, yeah. that's an injury that matters. Zion Williamson for New Orleans, that's an injury that's mattered. When Steph was out for the Warriors, that's an injury that mattered. Lakers have been as good with LeBron as they have been without him. The Sixers have been as good with Embiid as they have without him. Uh, you know, and on and on down the line. Yeah. Kyle yeah. Kuzma, that's an injury that matters for the Wizards because he's not properly valued in the marketplace. But Miami shuttling guys in and out of the lineup, it hasn't made a difference. Um, I feel like so many of these, and the markets move almost entirely based on injury. I feel like so much of it's overrated. And every time the star player sits... The opposing team lets down. I've seen 10 quotes about that from 10 different players around the league over the last two weeks talking about, yeah, it's hard to get up if Embiid's not there. It's hard to get up when Jimmy Butler's not playing, et cetera, et cetera. For the opposing team, not for that team. Uh, I don't care if Embiid's playing or not. Uh, If I I like Philly, and now I'm getting (laughs) four points the best of it, uh, I'll, I'll stay with Philly whether Embiid plays or not. I do that a lot in my write ups. I'm like, I'll take him whether he's in or out of the lineup. Um, with some notable exceptions. Your thoughts? 
Well, um, yeah, sometimes it's just, you know, if you're getting a team that's in a back-to-back spot coming to Philly and, you know, they played an overtime game, you know, the opposing team played an overtime game the night before um, and Philly's had two days off, yeah, sure. No, no, not not I remember the game. It was the T-Wolves game, right, wasn't it, where Philly was on the second of back-to-backs and Embiid was going to sit and then they went and blew him out. Doesn't matter. Right, right, okay. Go ahead. No, I'm, I'm, I'm saying, like, you're saying I, I, it's hard for you to make a bet on a team if you know if someone's in or, or if playing or not playing. And I'm like, I don't care if they're playing or not. I, I want this team, uh, right. whether the superstar is in or not. Um, your thoughts. And you're yeah, allowed to disagree was, with me, dude. Yeah, no, I know. I know. No, I was, agree- I was agreeing with you if it's, you know, you're in love with Philly in the spot. Like, let's say the opponent, it, you know, played an overtime game last night and they're on a back-to-back, whereas Philly's had a couple days rest. Then I put my write up. I like Philly whether Embiid plays or not. I, yeah, I was agreeing uh, with, with that notion in, in certain, you know, if other, uh, you know, situations with the opponent and their schedule, et cetera, uh, make it that way. But, uh, yeah, you, you brought up Zion, man. I mean, what was New Orleans, second in the West or third? I know they were in the yep. top three when he got hurt, and now, you know, they're going to be fortunate to be, be in the play-in tournament. Uh, he's been such a – and they've just been terrible uh, to the number, and they um, were doing uh, – not great, but they were doing pretty good to the over with him, and, you know, they've been an under team and a team to fade without him, and – uh God, that guy cannot stay healthy. He's, he was playing great this year, too, and that's been a shame for New Orleans. Hopefully they'll get him back here in a week or two. A big man that can't stay healthy. Oh, shock. Right? <laughs> you know? <laughs> but, I mean, like, so, you know, the Knicks, uh, Jalen Brunson out of the lineup, all-star. Doesn't matter. They still roll, you know? I mean, on and on down the line. The Clips, all the money came against the Clips because uh, Sexton and Clarkson are out. What happens? They go to Orlando and win straight up uh, on Thursday night. Or, or the Jazz, I mean. Uh, I, I, I said the clips, but I meant the Jazz. I, I mean, go, we can literally go on and on down the line with these injuries and how little they actually affect the product that's on the floor for that particular team. To me, if, if, if I was trying to tell someone that hey, this, is, this is one way to beat the NBA, I'm like, wait till tip-off and bet on all the teams who were missing a star that night and where the money came against them, you know? I mean, is there is there is, is that a reasonable betting strategy? You know, I don't, I don't, I mean, in some instances, uh, perhaps, yeah, especially if you're getting good, you know, closing line value. Uh, I'm sorry, what'd you say there, Kenny? Just a couple minutes before the break. Oh, gotcha. Um, right, yeah, so yeah, sometimes, uh, sometimes yes, but, you know, other times, uh, you know, I am worried about uh, key personnel. It just kind of depends on who it is and the situation. So let me ask you this. So how do you evaluate line moves? Do you worry about the sharp square type of stuff? Do you worry about consensus numbers? Um, and are you willing to take a, a team, A, after the line's moved against them, or B, after the line's moved towards them? Um, give me a minute on this. Yeah, I, I can be resistant. Like, if I know I can get the Hawks at, at 3 in in the morning, and for whatever reason, if I've just been focused on my college ha- handicapping for a couple hours or from doing some writing or what have you, and then but I, I didn't bet it at minus 3, and then I go look at it in the afternoon, and now it's 4.5 or 5, yeah, I have a hard time then betting it if I, don't, if I haven't gotten uh, the best of the number. But 
Um, you know, normally I have, based on my line that I make, you know, the day before, uh, I usually have a, a good idea uh, of what I want to play, and, and hopefully I get in there early, uh, especially on totals. Like I've been, you know, totals move way more than sides. And so, you know, a lot of times the overnight line might be a certain number, and, you know, by lunch the next day, it could be five, six points different. So I, if I get on a roll with a team betting their over or under, um, I like to bet them on the overnight line because a lot of times you can get the best of the number by three or four points. Sides, totals, props, what's the best way to bet NBA? We'll find out what Brian Edwards thinks when we come back, when coverage continues after this. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. It's the middle of March. It's Selection Sunday. And we are not focused on college hoops. There's so much college hoops talk. I did a college hoops show yesterday. Today, it is NBA focused because I'll tell you what, when college basketball, you can hear that giant sucking sound of college basketball sucking all the oxygen out of the room. (laughs) And that tells us that no one's paying attention to the NBA right now, which means there's an opportunity to make some money. Brian Edwards and I are talking NBA basketball and Brian Before the break, you were talking a little bit about how you like to play your totals in particular overnight. Let me ask you this. What do you like better? Are you a sides guy, a totals guy, a props guy, all three? At the end of the year, what? how do you how do your wagers break down? Do you have more sides, more totals, more props? And, and, and tell us why. You know, I've gotten more into props uh, in the NFL here the last few years, but I, I've never really gotten that into the NBA props. I haven't, I haven't done that. A whole lot. Um, you know, in terms of sides and totals, I mean, I, I'm an equal opportunist, but I, I can say this year I've had a lot more success with totals, and so I've been a little more dialed in on the total side. But that could, you know, that could vary, you know, from year to year. But this year, definitely totals have been better to me, and the, therefore, that's not to say I don't have, you know, plenty of sides. I, I do, but I, I've definitely done more totals, and I've had more success uh, with totals uh, early in the year. Uh, I was hitting a lot of the Pistons, the Spurs, and the Hawks games uh, over uh, OKC as well. Has been a you know, they're the best over team in the NBA. They've been uh, a great over team all year. Uh, it, but in terms of the, the Pistons, they have turned into an under team uh, here lately, and you know that's a lot of that has had to do with uh, Bogdanovich's injury here lately and their you know personnel moves uh, before the deadline. You know dealing. Uh, Sadiq Bay and obviously Cade Cunningham's injury. Well, well, that's been since way early in the season. But they've been a big-time under team after they had a great run of overs uh, for several months to start the year. Yeah, I cashed a ticket uh, with the uh, Pistons under the total on Thursday night in that game against Charlotte, where Charlotte's playing without their well. point guard uh, and Detroit. I mean, they've been playing without four of their five starters uh, yeah. for uh, extended stretches. They're playing without their entire front court. And when you're talking about a team that has no continuity like that. Yeah, it shows on the defensive end, but it shows on the offensive end. Detroit, <laughs> they've been like a stick in the mud uh, offensively, not an easy, uh, I call them offensively challenged. And all of yeah, a sudden, it, cashing under tickets, as you mentioned. I'm sorry, Brian, what do you want to say there? 
Well, no, that was my bad. I was interrupting you. I was just going to chime in there that I've also, when Bogdanovich has been out, and he's missed four in a row and five of six. So here the last couple of weeks, I've, I've hit a lot of their team totals under. But, I mean, I'm doubling up. I'm going the under for the game. I'm, the under's on a 15-7 and seven run for Detroit. But Bogdanovich, you know, he's missed some time here lately. The last six games Bogdanovich has played, the over's gone four and two. So if you take out the games he's played, um, you actually are looking at a 13 and three under run for the Pistons. So when he's out, I'm not against doubling up and going team total under on the Pistons and the under for the game uh, as well. Sure. And of course, the betting markets are going to fixate on season long stats, season long pace ratings etc etc the nuances of any individual game that's where we as handicappers can find our edges i want to ask you this bry because you're a guy that has a life kind of you know i mean (laughs) you live look not to say that you don't live sports betting every single day but it feels like when i talk to you you know you have more of a life than some guys (laughs) that i talk to (laughs) Which I appreciate. Fair. Do you ever take a day off during the season? I mean, or is this once NBA starts, it's just grind, 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 grind right through the 82 games? Yeah, no, I, I definitely take days off in the NBA. If I, you know, if I have an 0 3 night, and, you know, I got to, you know, concede and full disclosure here, you know, college basketball is more of my thing, but I definitely am into the NBA uh, as well, no doubt about it. And like you were just noting coming back from the break, you know, you know, I've I've been down in the sports book the last two days. I've made the three-hour drive over to Biloxi, and it's just basically nothing but college, and I love that. But um, yeah, I'm not afraid because I feel like when I have an 0 and three in NBA, and if I go one and two the next night, I feel like it's happening because I'm not watching as much of it because I'm more focused on college, and so I'm not afraid to take three or four days off uh, from the NBA and just sit back and you know. Uh, evaluate the results and, and kind of just, you know, give it a break for a few days. I, I'm not afraid to do that. Yeah, well, I've got NBA on my TV just about every night uh, <laughs> from the start of the season to the end. And not to say I don't take a day off, because you do, and especially as you talk about it. If you're not in rhythm, if you're not seeing things clearly, the NBA is an easy sport to get a little bit out of sync. <laughs> you know, you're just slightly off. You're like, ah, oh, you know, you should have bet this team the game before or the game after, but you bet them the game in the middle when they didn't do well. And if you find yourself a little bit out of sync in the NBA, it never hurts. Just say, hey, flush today down the toilet, reset, <laughs> you know, go have a beer, and then go back and look at it fresh the next day. Uh, that's something that, you know, I, I look at this every day, and, and once in a while even I do that in the NBA. B-A. What do you do when you get in good rhythm? Are you someone that ups your level of plays? You know, if you're if you're if you're seeing things clearly, on a normal day you put out you know whatever one two or three NBA. Are you going to up the number of plays? Are you going to up the size of plays? Or are you just going to keep doing what you're doing uh, and not up anything when you're in good NBA rhythm? Well, so like yesterday, I went six and three in college hoops, and I was just hammering college games all day, like live betting, et cetera. But like I've been betting a lot of uh, Charlotte Hornets and Detroit Pistons unders lately, and I had the under when they played in Charlotte about I want to say it was like ten days ago, and I watched a good chunk of that game. And so when when I saw you know that they were playing yesterday, uh, I mean I'm I'm hammering college games all day. But I, my one of my biggest plays uh, last night in college was the over 
on LSU Vandy, but I bet the same amount on the Charlotte Detroit uh, under Thursday night uh, as well. So um, that I've, I've just had a lot of success with Charlotte and Detroit unders. So when I saw them playing, I, I hammered that. So like when I get in a good rhythm, like you, you, you said with a certain team, whether it be over or under or backing them or fading them, uh, whether it was, you know, fade, like I was fading Golden State every road game, you know, the first two, three months of the season, and that had a lot of success. Um, when, when it's those certain situations that you're having a lot of success with, I will definitely bet more uh, on those games. Yeah, I've talked on this show more than once about the Orlando Magic off a loss, how good that was for the three-month span. Hasn't been good of late, and I'm not going you know, a, a team like Orlando, once they lose contact, <laughs> uh, they may not be – Good to roll down the stretch, and I backed off them this past week. But when you find a team that you've got to read on in the association, you can bet that team not 82 times because it takes you a few times to get a read on it, but you can bet that team in that situation over and over and over again. You talked a little bit about what you do when you're struggling, and we all look at the NBA's again, you get into rhythm, you get out of rhythm, it happens. Talk to me about some of the strategies you like to use when you're in the midst of a little NBA skit. Give me your slump-busting methodology. Well, that's what I try to go back to, you know, what's been successful on a consistent basis all year long. And the Sixers and Denver at home, you know, that's been uh, really good. Fading Memphis on the road has been really good. Just going and looking at the numbers, the home away dichotomy, and what's been consistent, and try to get back there. And maybe you know, maybe it has to do uh, with a, a total. Like I, pretty much like when the Hawks, because I, you know, I'm a Hawks fan, long lifelong suffering, zero rings, the whole shebang, everything <laughs> the NBA Finals. So uh, I'm more on top of the Hawks than you know any team, and so I'm pretty good with their totals. If they ever have a total in the 220s. That's an automatic overplay. And and kind of with the low 230s. Now, they're mostly upper 230s, and if they're going against a, another high-scoring team, they'll a lot of times have a, a 240s. I, I usually don't mess with those. But uh, upper two or any, any 220s or low 230s, I'm usually going to be on a Hawks over. Although half the league, literally half the association has no rings. You know, uh, I mean, <laughs> well, that's, go, I'm, that's good to know. Yeah, I mean, this is, you know, in the NFL, sooner or later, everyone wins a title. In the NBA, you know, not so much. And even some teams that have won one, you know, the Blazers won one. Washington won one. <laughs> you know, back in the 70s or whatever, you know, uh, there can be a long, long, long drought. Cleveland's won one. <laughs> but, Teddy, I'm a Falcons, but I'm a Falcons fan, Teddy. So, no rings. 28 to 3. Okay, that's all we got to say about it. And anytime someone's something they're a Falcons fan, all I say is 28 to 3. And I had Atlanta at plus 700, minus 14 and a half, at plus 500, uh, minus 10 and a half, and all of that in that ballgame. That's one and I, I will never and I, forget. I'm sure you won't. Did you cry that night? I didn't cry, but I cussed. I was there. It's the only Super Bowl I've ever been to. Brutal. <laughs> you ever been to a Final Four? 
Oh, I've been to tons of Final Fours, uh, you know, because I, I, I don't want your audience to think I have no rings. I do have national title rings with the Gators, and I've been there for quite a few of those. Um, the one in Atlanta, I guess, Ohio State, I was there. Yeah, I've never been to a Final Four or a Super Bowl. I mean, when it comes to actually going to the game, some guys love it. Look, Marenzi goes to all these games. You know, Marenzi right here on Sports Grid, uh, a good friend and a fine man, and he loves going to the games. For me, I went to the... Uh, uh, an exhibition game, uh, Las Vegas weekend, uh, or uh, in uh, at the Aviators ballpark last Saturday, and I was so cold, I, I just left. <laughs> I didn't make it through the seventh inning. <laughs> I like watching games on TV. More with Brian Edwards coming up next. Cover it continues. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. There's nothing like being informed with all the odds, analysis, and best bets all day long. How do you get that? It's simple. Follow us on Twitter, at SportsGrid, at SportsGrid Radio, at SportsGrid TV, and stay on the grid everywhere you go. Again, at SportsGrid, at SportsGrid Radio, at SportsGrid TV. You can follow me on Twitter, at Teddy underscore covers. And, of course, you can follow today's guest, Brian Edwards, on Twitter, at Vegas B. Edwards, at Vegas B. Edwards on Twitter. Brian... Going into the break, we were talking about some of the things we do about when we're feeling good and good rhythm in the association versus we're in bad rhythm in the association. I want to shift our focus here and give our listeners some actionable information for what do we got about 15 games remaining here in the regular season. This is a time of year where, again, college basketball sucks all the oxygen out of the room. And the NBA betting markets are basically on auto auto mode for the next month until the postseason starts. Who can we make money with right now? Give me a bet on team that I can make money betting consistently down the home stretch of this NBA season. Well, I still think this goes for a couple more weeks. But it may change depending on when Denver locks up the number one seed and maybe they'll start doing some load management stuff down the stretch. But I, we've got at least a couple of weeks, I think, till till we get there. And so, I, I mean, Denver at home uh, has been just, you know, terrific uh, all year. And, you know, they're on a 23-12 and 12 ATS uh, last 35. That was coming into the weekend. Um you know, they've won 32 of 42 outright, and uh, they've just been a moneymaker, especially at, at home. Now, I wouldn't say on the road. In fact, they've, um, they, they've been pretty bad on, on the road uh, for the most part. I think they're 14 and 17 ATS on the road. But uh, at home, you know, uh, Denver has been reliable. Uh, now, Toronto came into the weekend uh, off back-to-back losses, but those were at Denver and at the Clippers. I, I like Toronto the way they're playing right now. Um, nine and five in the last fourteen. I'm talking. I'm talking straight up, and they've covered um, most of those as well. And uh, it's just they're healthy. You know, Toronto. You know, Siakam's missed a lot of time. Uh, Ananobi's missed a lot of time the last two years. Even Van Van Vliet um, as well. But right now they are healthy. 
and I like how Toronto's looked. So I, I think Toronto could be a team to focus in on uh, here the last month or so of the season. Yeah, the Raptors certainly they've underachieved their talent level uh, this year. Down the stretch, I'm almost interested in teams that are overachieving their talent level. I think Brooklyn has the potential to make their backers money. They did it again the other night against Milwaukee, you know, a game where they were out of it and found a way to hang within the number. And the Utah Jazz intrigued me down the stretch, a team that has been counted out multiple times this year. They're not good defensively, but they can trade points with anyone. So those are two teams that I'm looking at right now, night in, night out. And if I can find a reason to get on Brooklyn or get on Utah, I'm probably going to do it. What about a bet against team or two down the stretch? Anyone stand out to you right now as being particularly overvalued in the betting markets? Yeah, Dallas, for sure. Um, and we don't really know uh, how this thing's going to go with Luka and, and his hip injury, um, whether they got managed minutes, whether they're going to try to, you know, give him some nights off. Uh, but this, you know, this hip – or not a hip injury, thigh injury, excuse me. But um, – uh, they're two and eight ATS the last ten. Uh, I think we're going to see questionable next to Luca's name quite a bit uh, in the next week or so, and, and maybe beyond. So um, Dallas uh, is definitely a team I'm looking to go uh, against. Um, my Hawks on the road. Uh, I'm never um, shy about going against them on the road. Um, the Heat have been bad to the number all year. Now, I'm not just saying blindly go against the Heat. You know, it depends on uh, health and, um, you know, who, are, who they're playing, obviously. But um, but Dallas is really the one that stands out to me as a team to fade down the stretch. Yeah, I've got Portland uh, on my bet against list right now. Pretty high on that bet against list right now, particularly on the highway. Go look at what the Blazers have done against good teams on the road in recent weeks. It's really ugly. They've lost their last four against playoff contenders all by 17 or more. Um, Non-competitive in, in defeat. It's Dame and the Seven Dwarfs uh, for Portland. That's not a team uh, I'm particularly high on right about now. How about totals-wise? Over team. You have an over team that you're looking to target uh, over the back uh, portion of the campaign. A team that's been not necessarily cashing overs all year, but cashing overs right now. Yeah, Sacramento, uh, you know, I've mentioned Atlanta. Anytime Atlanta's in the 220s or low 230s, uh, that's pretty much an automatic over for me. Uh, Sacramento's 10-3-1 uh, run to the over. I mean, as long as De'Aaron Fox is healthy, um, I'm not against their overs unless they're like in the mid-240s. Um, that's what I think of under, over-wise. Um, yeah, we talked about under-wise, how Charlotte and Detroit uh, have been hot to the under. Um uh, you know, also uh, the Bulls unders, uh, or, or you asked me about over. Uh, OKC overs, you know, look, they're they're the best over team in the NBA, uh, have been all year. When Steph's healthy, uh, Golden State overs have been pretty good. Um, and the Spurs, the Spurs, their totals have gotten a little out of hand uh, at times. But, uh, you know, as long as it's not up in the 240s, Spurs overs have been good for the most part this year. Yeah, a little out of hand. I mean, uh, you want to play yeah. San Antonio over, and then you see the 242, and you're like, yeah, uh, the markets have caught up with where they are. And OKC, in my mind, is a team that should continue to uh, cash over tickets. You know, they're good offensively, and they attack the paint. I want teams that attack the paint when I'm playing overs, 
not teams that settle for jumpers, and OKC does that really well. And they don't play a lick of defense. Or they, you know, they, they might play a lick of defense, but when it comes to their low post defense, their perimeter defense, they're both sorely lacking. So when your offense takes the ball to the hole, when your defense is a sieve, and when you're playing with pace, like OKC has done, it makes sense to continue riding the thunder over the total. How about another hey, team? Hey, no, oh, yeah, go. Just real quick, uh, when I tell young people this, that like the bat, I, I tell them that when the Knicks and Pacers were, you know, playing in the playoffs in the mid '90s, that those totals would be in the 170s and sometimes the upper 160s. I don't think they believe me. <laughs> so, uh, and I mean, yeah, I mean, the, the winner. There were there were many totals in the 160s. Weren't there? I swear there were totals in the 150s in some of those games. Where you know, first to 80 is going to win. Um, but average scoring by per game in the league is up 30 something points since that era. Uh, yeah, I think right. maybe more than that. So, uh, you know, it was a nice ride if you were playing overs in the NBA while that stretch was going, but the markets never slept on it. You know, there wasn't the one year where the NBA cashed overs at a 60% clip. Um, as scoring has increased, the markets have continued to stay in tune with that increased scoring in any given season, most totals is uh, you know, at the end of the year, the total market's going to be pretty close to 50% overs, 50% unders. Speaking of unders, you talked about uh, Charlotte, you talked about Detroit. Is there another under team that you're paying attention to right now, or are those the two that really stand out? Well, those are the, the two main ones, but, you know, Chicago uh, has been around the top, one of the top under teams uh, all year long. The Heat have been pretty good uh, to the under uh, as well. But, uh, yeah, Charlotte and Detroit are the ones that are, that are standing out uh, big time lately. Yeah, and I, I do love the offensively challenged teams for unders. Miami, you talked about Miami playing under. Um, they're offensively challenged, but, boy, that team is – tough as nails defensively and if you get a game where the refs are swallowing their whistles hard to get to 200 let alone 220 for the Miami Heat alright we got just a couple of minutes left Bri and I, I, I like this as an exercise give me your NBA final four who's going to meet in the conference finals east and west this will give us a thought of who you think the best teams really are so in the East Finals, I think we're going to get Boston and Milwaukee. Although the Boston Philly, you know, it, it, and it looks like that's probably the matchup we're going to see in the uh, East semifinals. That that that's going to be a long and, and very good and competitive series. But I, I would have to lean Boston uh, on that. And um, you know, obviously we've got to see where everybody is health wise. But I think if Milwaukee is full strength health-wise. Now, that'll be a hell of a series with Boston, but I, I would lean Boston uh, and, you know, they haven't wrapped up home court, but, it, you know, it's looking good that they, they will have home court there. I would have to go with Milwaukee to get to the finals. Uh, in the West, man, it's just kind of hard because we don't really know what, what matchups uh, we're going to get, but you know, I'm look, I, I think Denver's a great regular season team, and I think they, they, they could get to the finals, but um you know, they if, if if Golden State or the Clippers, uh, which whichever one of them gets the if one of them gets the sixth seed, and again in the West we we don't quite know, but um, you know if if the Clippers and Golden State are healthy and, and one of them gets the sixth seed, and therefore you know 
you know, I, I think they can beat the, the three seed and uh, and get to the West final. So I'm going to say, I'm going to say Golden State and Denver in the West finals. Um, if, if Wiggins comes back, if Wiggins doesn't come back and if the Clippers are healthy, I could see it being the Clippers and Denver. Now I know Clippers and, and uh, Golden State, like I said, you know, may end up in the sixth seed, but I think if full strength and health wise in the playoffs, uh, they're going to be a tough out for anybody. I don't disagree. And, uh, you know, Phoenix took a big step back with the Kevin Durant injury. I thought the Suns might well be there. Uh, but things changed dramatically <laughs> from uh, one week to the next in the association, certainly when it comes to injuries. But the West, as wide open as I've ever seen it, Denver's live, Phoenix is live, the Clips are live, uh, Warriors are maybe. And who knows what happens if the L.A. Lakers sneak in to the postseason, the real postseason. Brian Edwards, do you have any uh, bettable opinion, anything you're targeting uh, for today in NBA action? And uh, promote yourself, man. Let people know where they can find you. What website, what's your Twitter handle, what shows do you do? Yeah, um, I'm not against uh, the OKC game uh, over um, with San Antonio, um, but that would be... That's like, and look, Charlotte, Cleveland, I'm afraid we're going to get a really low total there. Um, but I, you know, if it's, uh, depends on the line, but I, I might be looking under on the Charlotte game. Uh, I am at, uh, on Twitter, like you mentioned earlier, at Vegas B. Edwards. You can find my content on majorwager.com and you can find my picks on VegasInsider.com. Vegas B. Edwards, you can find again. His info at Major Wager and his picks over at Vegas Insider at VI. And, of course, he says, take a look at uh, the Cavs, Hornets, under. And certainly, uh, when we talk about Cleveland, they've been an under team all year, and they're not a team you can drive in the paint against. So when the refs aren't calling fouls, it's hard to score against the Cavs. And he says to maybe take a look at the Thunder and the Spurs over the total. Certainly two teams that aren't known for their defensive acumen. So, a fun discussion with Brian. Thank you so much for your time and effort, my friend. I really appreciate it. We'll have you on the show again in the not-too-distant future. When we come back, yeah, I've got a bettable opinion. It's about a team we just talked about. Or a team that I said, I want to fade at every reasonable opportunity. There's a reasonable opportunity today. Stay tuned. Coverage continues after this. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. We're here in the home stretch of Coverage with Teddy Covers. Listen, if you missed any portion of today's program, you want to go back and hear what Brian Edge was saying at the top, what teams he wants to bet on, bet against, what team he wants to bet over, what team he wants to bet under, his approach to the NBA, any portion, any part of today's show that you missed, you can go back and download the podcast version. You can download yesterday's college basketball show. You can download last week's show. You can download last month's show. You can download every show I've ever done for the Sports Grid Radio Network. Wherever you download your podcast, just search Cover It or Cover It with Teddy Covers. And voila. You can download this show and all the shows and consume at your convenience. Best of all, you'll get that ding as soon as they're posted. You'll be the first to listen 
each and every week. I've got an opinion in the NBA today, and I heard uh, I talked a little bit earlier about how the Portland Trailblazers were a team that I'm looking to fade down the stretch. Look at what they've done on the road, on the road versus decent teams. This dates back to the beginning of January. No, sorry, December 30th. Dates back to the last game in December. Bombed at Golden State. Bombed at Minnesota. Bombed at Indy. Bombed at Toronto. Bombed at Denver. 0-5 straight up, 0-5 ATS. Beginning of February, right before the All-Star break, they stole a couple. They beat Memphis, they beat Washington. They got two distracted teams. Since then, they lose to Chicago by 8. Sacramento by 17. Golden State by 18. Atlanta by 18. Boston by 22. This team isn't playing competitive basketball against decent foes on the highway. And New Orleans, look, they face the abyss. All right. It's been a long, dismal stretch for the New Orleans Pelicans. They play better basketball of late. They really have. They've shown some urgency. I like the way Brandon Ingram's stepping up. And certainly, C.J. McCollum's the type of veteran I have no problem putting my money on in a matchup against his former teammate. Look for the Pelicans to knock off the Blazers. There's a bettable opinion in NBA action for you today. So, thanks for taking time out of your busy Sunday to spend with me here on the Sports Grid Radio Network. We'll do it again next week. Between now and then, enjoy the games, and best of luck with all your wagers.